Okay, hi everyone, and welcome to the SwiftCase Productivity Podcast with me, Adam Sykes, the founder of SwiftCase, the professional productivity platform. And I'm Craig McCarthy, development manager of SwiftCase, uh, based in our Baltic Triangle office in Liverpool. Hi, I'm Phil, uh, developer also in the Baltic Triangle office. Okay, great. So today we were going to have a little talk about some of the the, the basics, I suppose, is, is the best way to put it. So people ask us about what we do, and we tell them we make a software as a service product and it's based in the cloud and all the all these buzzwords that people hear and like they, they want to know that do they need this for their business you know maybe they're just working on a piece of paper at the moment or you know they've got a spreadsheet an old excel spreadsheet or something, something like that like lotus notes you know yeah. back in the day <laughs> so, you know step back in time what are some of these basic concepts and you know when we talk about things like these systems what what can people access you know is it going to cost them loads other simple steps that they can take i suppose that's what we really thought we'd, we'd put together something that you know helps people take the first step yeah yeah so should we kick off with who wants to explain what the cloud is i mean it, it makes me laugh this one because i think it is really straightforward i mean the cloud ultimately is it's just the internet isn't it really <laughs> yeah um you know cloud-based software is just software that's stored on the internet. So the data is stored online and yeah. the software itself <laughs> is online. And it's not something that you download directly because um, in the past you used to, mm-hmm. well, a lot of companies used to have maybe bespoke software or this. Mm-hmm. What I imagine we had now is that horrible Windows 98 window where it's you know all gray and everything. But you download that and you'd run it on your machine yeah. or maybe on a network mm-hmm. in your office. You have to but, install it on every machine. Yeah, exactly. Whereas this is something that's just accessible um, from usually from browsers or through an app. Um, and it's yeah, it's just it's great. It's all stored online. Isn't so it? it's like you're renting or outsourcing your hard drive to an external company yeah. that doesn't just give you like hard drive space, but probably backs it up and makes it redundant for failure. And things yeah. Like that. Yeah. So, I mean, which then protects you from things like, you know, fire in your office. Exactly. The building burns down. Well, then that's it. In the old days, that was it. Your hard drive's there. That's it. You're gone. Your business is gone. Effectively. That's not the case now. Even if Google's, one of Google's data centers goes down with your data on it, because there are multiple layers of redundancy. Well, yeah. I think that's the big thing as well. It tends to be stored on multiple machines exactly. rather yeah. than, yeah. you know, you just your one machine. Exactly. Yeah, so to put it basically, there's there's lots of computers exactly the same as your computer, exactly. yeah. just a bit bigger, more powerful, yeah. and they're spread all around the planet. Yeah. And you can access your files and put your files onto these computers. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about redundancy, all that really means is rather than you've got one computer and if it breaks, yeah. it's it's yeah. gone. Yeah. You know, there's there's lots and lots of computers that have all got copies of your information. Mm-hmm. That you know, if one goes down, you can access the other yeah. one, and, if, and it makes it incredibly not. easy for risk assessment, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, because ultimately you're putting your faith into um, like a hosting company or the service itself, um, and they tend to. Just, I mean, that's their entire business, really, is hosting. Yeah. So people have concerns like, oh, my data's going into the cloud. Mm-hmm. Am I going to be in control of it? Where the hell is this? Going? Where is it? Where's it gone? Yeah. You know, but it is on a computer and you know yeah. certainly you can ask it to be for it to be put into certain geographic locations so if like you might be your business is only allowed to hold data in, in the UK or inside the EU at the moment or you know there might be restrictions like that that you have to and you, 
you can do that. You can say, I only want it to be in a data center yeah. in the UK. I only want it to be on a computer inside the, the EU boundary to comply with law. And that, that can be done. And I suppose the other point is is that these companies that host this, you know, when you're picking one, you, you want to look for one that's, you know, does its security testing, it has certification about whether it's been tested by, you know, is it up to date, can it be hacked? You know, your data is probably more secure, if you like, in these cloud systems than on your system, especially if you're, you know, a small business that don't have all these certificates, don't do all this, you know, testing to see whether your systems are secure. Mm actually put it in the cloud is not less secure it's, it's more secure I feel like it's one less thing to worry about yeah, exactly it, really, yeah. when it comes to data especially since we, we kind of live in this environment now where data security is, is such an important issue yeah so um yeah definitely yeah definitely you reduce, you're mind. not you're not having to pay for upgrades exactly you're exactly. upgrading all the hardware yeah. all the time you know you're not going to buy a new computer every you know two minutes you know so mm. a lot of these you can access on your phone yeah know, you know or you know ipad or yeah. the tablet you know so it, it saves you a lot on actually mm. investing on your own infrastructure mm. own technology hardware yeah, space as well okay so that that's the cloud so happy with the cloud I suppose the next one is, is we always talk about is, is software as a service. So does anyone want to go for software as a service? Then? I mean, software as a service, it's, it's basic explanation really is you're paying for a piece of software, the use of a piece of software, like like Phil said, mm-hmm. renting it almost. Yeah. Um, you know, on a contractual basis. Um, and yeah, you just got access to it. It's this subscription model that yeah. an awful lot of platforms are, are moving towards mm-hmm. and uh, businesses are, are starting to adopt it quite often now as well. Um, like if you think about the likes of Spotify, Netflix, they're all subscription services mm-hmm. that you pay for on a monthly basis mm-hmm. and you get this service. And it's um, it's what we do at the minute with Swiftcase, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so it allows people to be flexible, doesn't it? Because although you say it's a contract, it might be, you know, depending on what, it might be a monthly contract. Yeah. You know, you only need to commit to software for a month or 12 months. You know, you're not buying a piece of software that's costing you tens of thousands of pounds or even even thousands of pounds for a small business. That's a big outlay. You know, it it might be just 30 pounds a month. Yeah, it might might be five pounds a month. Yeah, if you don't like it, what's the worst thing that happens? You spend five pounds in the past. You used to, as a business, you you tend to, you know, find a a development team or developer and you'd commission this large bespoke system for your organization. Yeah, and I suppose the nightmare behind that is ultimately they've got to support it. Yeah, you'll be paying for the support of that system, Mm -hmm. whereas software as a service, um. You know, it's all rolled in, isn't it? Exactly. You know, so, think, yeah, it's like an agree that when you made it bespoke, the service you provided after that was the maintain, maintenance of that. Now, you always maintain, software always needs to be maintained afterwards. Yeah. Mm. There's a, it was probably this, this old model where you go, here we go, it's finished, it'll do everything you want to do, and that's it forever. But of course, as we've seen, workflows yeah. and ways of working will change within probably a day. So yeah. you need to make changes. And if you're not a developer yourself, you're not going to be able to make those changes to this £10,000 app. No. Got. Especially if it's not yeah. a flexible like product where you build your own. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's not got a way that you can visually make things. It's, you know, it's you need to be a tech genius to just like even change the yeah. color of a button or something. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. You know it, it, it is like 
you know, that's that's an issue, isn't it? Yeah. And I think moving from one of these systems to another as well tends to be quite straightforward nowadays because, you know, as a you know, as a user of these systems, you have access to your data. Yeah. So if you needed an extract of it, mm-hmm. you know, that's your right. Um, so I think that's sort of a good advantage, really. Yeah. So definitely, I suppose, as well as like moving between systems, like when you've finished, if you like, or you want to change, there's also the ongoing integration. So a lot of software as a service, a lot of cloud-based software can talk to other pieces of software. So you might have something where you make uh, an invoice and that can talk to the thing that you actually did your job on. So when you did your work, it created an invoice automatically. It might talk to your marketing system that's hooked up to a CRM and send out marketing emails. Things like that. You've got things like yeah, MailChimp, Dropbox, mm-hmm. all these things connect to each other and make your life easier because you've not got to be, you know, doing everything separately. You've not got to, you know, be logging into different systems and entering data multiple yeah. times. You just do it once and it's all connected. Oh, exactly. It, you know, I suppose if you, if you think about it, like a, a use case uh, most of Dropbox, if you have your own little system and you wanted, I don't know, to you've got a spreadsheet, you've got your system, you've got Dropbox, and it's got all the all the job details in a file on Dropbox, and then maybe that's got a reference on it or something, mm-hmm. but then you have to cross-reference that with your spreadsheet, yeah. and you have to input that onto your system. Imagine if that was all just one process. Yeah. And that tends to be the way it goes. Rather than having to do three different things, you can just do it all on one system. Yeah. That talks think, to each other. I think the other thing as well is if you have got, like, say you're not using anything like that, you are just on your own system. Maybe you've got a network because, you know, lots of businesses might have an internal network mm-hmm. where they, you know, can store files on a main hard drive and everyone can access that. And, you know, you can, if you start getting server software, you can start putting security aspects around who can access which file and, and so on. But a lot of very small businesses probably just drop everything in a folder with shared. Yeah. And everyone can access it. Yeah. And, you know, there's not really any of that role-based access. So, you know, you can't say that, yeah, oh, only managers can access that. Well, exactly. Yeah. Access that. I mean, I suppose one of the nightmares is if they've got financial information that maybe they don't yeah. want everyone to see. Um, patient information like well yeah mm. yeah exactly exactly so it's definitely one of the bigger advantages I think yeah, um, I suppose when you get into something like that you've got the new GDPR regulations mm. well saying you they've been around oh, like yeah. a fair while now um, but you know businesses aren't all up to date with that and having a shared drive with everything on where everyone can access it you're not compliant so having these systems that are continually evolving and updating rather than a one-off thing you've downloaded mm. It's up to date with all these regulations. It has to be because yeah. that's you know part of the part mm. of the the ongoing maintenance is mm. keeping up to date. I think just to go back to integration, one of the cool things that happens and again relates to role based access, I suppose, is um, the, the logins. So yeah. now a lot of the times you can sign into these services with maybe your Google accounts, yeah. like your LinkedIn, um, and you know Facebook, Twitter, that sort of thing. And I think that's that's really cool because it's. It gets away from that idea of, oh God, I can't remember my password yeah. for this particular system. <laughs> yeah, get through that security issue when you go, I'll just use that blanket password I use. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So if, you know, for whatever reason, someone finds the password from one thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think that's quite good. Yeah, and I think what one thing you touched on before is the fact that, you know, you can access it from different web browsers mm. or devices 
Um, so you can also, the point of that is you can access it wherever you are. Yeah. So you don't need to be in the office. You can be at the beach. Yeah, you know, you can yeah, be on your phone looking at what jobs yeah. you've got for but, the next, you know, so you one of my, doing stuff. One of, one of my favorite stories, one of our customers was, was that, I think we've mentioned it before, yeah. where he said he's had his first holiday for uh, about yeah. 10 years, yeah. all because of, of our system. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was amazing, really, because that's the power of cloud-based yeah. software. Yeah. You can always have access, can't you? You've always yeah. got access to information. You can always be checking things if you want to check things. You know, it's it's all there in front of you. And on the, other, on the other hand as well, you know, we've dealt with customers in the past where you can you tend to be able to have the ability to limit where you can access it from as well. So if yeah. you do have, you know, really sensitive information and obviously you don't want anyone to be able to access the login screen or the system at all outside of their own offices. You also have that capability a lot of the time as well. Yeah, I think that's, I suppose that's one thing that's come out of our discussion today. You know, as well as the flexibility is is this this myth that somehow cloud is going to be more insecure because mm-hmm. it's not in your office. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. You know, you've only got to look at the, like what we talked about a couple of episodes ago about when the NHS had the issue with mm-hmm. the, the hack. Yeah. You know, yeah, they were lucky because that wasn't cloud based. Yeah. You know, that, that was software that was on their systems that they hadn't updated. Exactly. And because the responsibility yeah. was then to update. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you look at cloud, mm-hmm. the responsibility is on your provider to keep it updated. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, yeah. After, after the um, Apple iCloud hack and the celebrity one a few yeah. years ago, they've now obviously learned from that and that you can't actually log in on any new device unless you've got a device with you to validate. Yeah. And that's two-factor authentication. Yeah. Yeah. Without you having to give any, like, send the extra details. Yeah. It's just sort of built in. So obviously they learn, and then once they've had that one incident or whatever, that feedback means that, well, hopefully it'll never happen again. But yeah. still, if you leave it to people in the NHS, some will dig. Yeah. You know, yeah. Some will be diligent. Someone's yeah. always going to be too broke and too and all lazy. Yeah. You know, we don't want. We're not picking on the NHS. It's all yeah. like small business. Right. You might not actually have um, you know any staff who are you know if you're that small, yeah. you might not have someone who's your specialist IT guy. Yeah. You know, it might be you who yeah. does the. You know, you might be like say you're I don't know, you're a plumber. You mm-hmm. go and do plumbing yourself, and you've got a few people who help you. You know, you don't really want to be handling IT and updates and, you know, have you got security updates and what you need to be doing? You know, have you got, you know, track of all your devices? Whereas this kind of, like you were saying before, it frees you up mm-hmm. more that you can offload the responsibility to someone else where you've got a strong contract in place or, you know, you know you're secure, you know they've hit all these, you know, various certification or mm-hmm. security requirements. I mean, you're safe in the knowledge that you know that's being handled. Yeah. I think that's one of the key benefits. Okay, great. So hopefully we've given people a bit of insight into what cloud software is, what software as a service is, and, and some of the key ways it fits with a small business. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thanks everyone for listening to the SwiftCase Productivity Podcast. Uh, hope to catch you next time. And if you want to know more about your cloud software or you know any of the topics, we'll be. Uh, tackling the future then be sure to subscribe or follow us on social media at swiftcase uk on twitter uh, we've got adam sykes craig mccarthy and phil whitby on linkedin uh, you can find us all there and um, check out our website swiftcase.co.uk yeah and if you agree or disagree or you think you've got more to contribute then uh, leave a comment yeah. below leave a comment we'll we'll get back in touch with you great okay hopefully see you next time bye now thanks bye